0: Hello, and welcome to episode twenty one of the Up One Show for the first two thousand seven post season analysis. I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Law, and that's a pretty fancy title we've come up with, but basically... Yeah, that took me a while. There is enough going on
1: in the postseason, there's uh, obviously not a race yet, but uh, there's some testing going on, some driver changes, personnel changes, and FIA decisions. Come on, you Formula One fans, you this. know you have to have some postseason news. So we want to keep you informed uh, anytime it uh, is necessary to do so, and it is
0: necessary to do so. It is very necessary to do So I have been contained for two weeks, bottled up. Spurting, leaking F1 news, and it had to come out, so it was time. <laughs> Brilliant. Let's go <laughs> <talk> through. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, as we said, post-season, uh, postseason shows aren't going to be quite as uh, rigid as the actual season shows. We uh, untuck the shirts and uh, loosen the ties a little, if you know what I'm saying. So I think if we go
1: down uh, sort of team by team and say, you start at the top here, uh, Constructors, Champions, Ferrari. Ferrari! Um, they haven't, uh, they, they've confirmed their driver lineup. It's going to be the same uh, Kimi Raikkonen, world champion Kimi Raikkonen, and Felipe Massa next year.
0: Congratulations to Ferrari. I think they had no reason to change their lineup. I mean, uh, Felipe Massa is a race winner. Kimi is a champion. And they're both, they both did well this season. They both made very few mistakes. And I don't think Ferrari had any good reason to change the lineup, so they didn't. They're solid. But the uh, team
1: lineup, the engineers and so on, um, Jean Todd is out as uh, director of Ferrari um, Sporting. Um, their new guy, Stefan Domenicale, uh, I probably am not saying right that saying that right, but uh, um, they've got a new director of operations, new technical director, um, new engine department. I mean, they've really shuffled everything around. Um, and uh, Jean Todd, um, right now he's still head of everything Ferrari, I mean, head of ferrari road cars and racing and everything smart guy
0: that john todd
1: yeah um but you know with this whole shuffle around it sort of casts his uh, his future there in doubt so we'll have to see how much of an impact that makes um you know they, they can't do much better than winning the driver and constructors championship but uh you know we'll see how and you know, how the team works through all the personnel changes and uh it, it's you know it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out
0: yeah do you think that is any partly john john Todd kind of saying you know what I'm getting older, I have a beautiful wife, lots of money, do so I really need to be doing everything? Well, <laughs> there's actually a quote in this uh, in this story here. Um, he said, John Todd
1: in the summer said that he was, quote, not at all prepared to retire, mm. end quote. But that was the summer. Yeah, and, you know, what he's going to say publicly is not, oh, I just got sick of it and screw these guys. He's oh, you know, I figured, talk to my family and it was the best time to do this or that. So, who know, you know, the direct quotes from these guys, you can never really quite trust, but uh, we'll have to be able to you know, see if he has any role in Ferrari Formula One team in the future at all, because technically right now, he doesn't. He's still head of Ferrari automobile, but doesn't have a direct role in the Formula One program, so he may sort of be out as far as Ferrari F1 is
0: concerned. See, if I were him, what I'd start doing is start selling Formula One cars as road cars, and he's right back in it. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, interesting. More things going on with Ferrari. Uh, I think something who's not at Ferrari now, it has been confirmed that Ross Braun... Who is the formical technical director of Honda? A former technical director of Ferrari is now going to be the team principal of Honda. Yeah, Ross Brawn was out of the picture
1: in two thousand seven, but he was technical director in two thousand six, and uh, he retired or took in sabbat- several years previously. Took sabbatical. Yeah, so several years. Basically, um, went up the up the ladder with Michael Schumacher um, as his race engineer, and really just a brilliant guy. Really, sort of a you know a cunning engineer,
0: and really made some some really good calls and. And his fingernails were always in much better shape than John Todd's at the end of the race.
1: Which is always important. So I was going to wait to uh, talk about that until we got to the Honda segment.
0: but uh, Well, this just did. in. Yes. He, he's going to be at Honda. We'll talk more about that when he gets there. Another Ferrari thing is uh, they had some post-season testing going on not long ago. And none other than Michael Schumacher was topping the testing charts in the F2007 Ferrari. Yeah, for a long part of the testing session,
1: eventually Felipe Massa set a faster time. And I almost wonder if that was uh, Ferrari marketing saying, "Hey, we don't want to have our, our, you know, our retired former driver, you know, have the best time out of all of our current guys. You know, we got to let Felipe set a good lap in there, and so slow down a little bit, Michael." But uh, yeah, uh, Michael Schumacher went out in the car. It was the first time he'd driven a Formula One car in anger uh, since he left at the end of 2006, and uh, he said it was it was really interesting to drive it because um, they don't have traction control anymore. That's part of 2008. They're not going to have uh, they're not going to have traction control like they did in 07, and uh, Schumacher has the experience to compare that to. Um, many years ago, I don't know if it was many ten years ago or however long. Well, ago. he
0: he raced a Jordan in ninety one.
1: Yeah, but whenever they before they even had traction control, and he could compare, you know, the o, the O eight car with no traction to the last time there
0: was, a, and I don't remember when that was. And I have to think honestly that the O eight car or the O seven car without traction control, even without traction control, is going to feel so much better than the cars from the nineties. <laughs> nope, he says it's just they they had with the engine freeze and the way things are now uh,
1: really yeah um, wow. he said they could change the gearing they could really tweak everything to optimize the car um and the you know I, I guess mostly in gearing and power band and so on to really make the most of it and so you wouldn't need traction control so much you know having the, just the just the right gears come out at the right parts of you know of the, of the track and so you can you can really get on the gas and really use it and then the the way the engine's power band works out uh you don't have you're not fighting with it and he says with the current engines they're, they're v8s um but uh, just the way everything's sort of frozen technically inside, they can't tweak as many things as they want to, and the cars aren't as fun to drive. So obviously they're much faster, but take that for what you will. I thought it was an interesting comment from – and you know, Michael Schumacher ought to know,
0: right? That really surprises me because I would have thought you know, the engines today are going to be so much more smoother and linear in terms of power delivery because the computer technology is so much more advanced, the exact right amount of fuel, the exact right moment. But being able to adjust airflow and timing and all these kind of things. But I think this, that with the, uh, with the way that the, uh,
1: what are they, the regulations are now, the the rules with the engine freeze for three years or whatever, um, the they they can't change all these things internally, and that's the problem. Um,
0: but then, but but what I'm saying is, back in the early '90s, the, to make power, they had to have really ridiculous cam lobes, so the cam lift and the cam timing had to be really aggressive, and. Basically, what you had was really peaky performance, you know. If you you could make tons of power at the higher RPMs, but it was just very, you know, exponential curve to the full power. And nowadays, with all the advances in, you know, adjustable cam lift and cam timing and all the other things they can do, I figured a lot of that would have been taken out to be much more linear power delivery in that sense. So you could feed the power in, and it's a little bit easier in your mind to relate the amount of pedal you're giving it to the amount of engine power you're getting. And hence, you're, you know, getting just easier to control traction. But I, I'm obviously wrong. I'm certainly going to not argue with Schumacher on the matter. I'm just surprised that that's the case. Yeah, I'm going to try
1: to find that article uh, while while we're going here and see if, uh, you know, see, you know, if I can, uh, you know, quote him directly because uh, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting quote. I remember reading it
0: from uh, from Autosport. Well, while you do that, I'll give you a second, and I'll I'll jump to McLaren. Um, I think the first and most important news with them was they did appeal the decision that the FIA made against Williams and BMW Sauber, or was it Williams and Renault? It was Williams and BMW Sauber about uh, having their fuel fuel kept at too low a temperature. Uh, We explained this in more detail last episode, but basically at the last race, the Brazilian Grand Prix, technically Williams and BMW Sauber broke one of the rules. The FIA decided not to penalize them for that, and that kind of turned into a big deal because McLaren's like, well, hey, wait a sec. We were penalized quite a bit for breaking a rule. You're You're not penalizing these guys at all, and if you did, we'd win the world championship. So they did appeal it, which I think was the right decision. The appeal was denied. So at the end of the day, it is now completely final, last nail in the coffin, Ferrari and Kimi Raikkonen have won the the Constructors' and Drivers' Championship. McLaren is not, and they have accepted the appeal. They're not going to fight it anymore. But uh, that, that did happen, and that uh, is over, which, you know, it's kind of a shame for McLaren, but it is what it is. Well,
1: it's definitely a shame that they didn't win the Drivers' or Constructors' Championship, but they didn't want to win it in the courts. They wanted to win on track, and Lewis Hamilton specifically went out and said it'd be a shame if um, you know, weeks after the all the event, the, the Brazilian Grand Prix was over, that they basically write Kimi Raikkonen in a letter and say, oh, dude, sorry, you're not the champion. It's a Lewis Hamilton. Um,
0: give us that trophy back, please. And Raikkonen did drive beautifully to win that championship.
1: Yeah, so it's... It, what I think is the more important part of this uh, ruling is to clarify the rules because the FIA has just been so all over the map with handing down different penalties. In some cases, it's docking someone's fastest laps for qualifying and pushing them back on the grid. In some cases, it's monetary fines. In some cases, it's – I mean, uh, the extreme case with McLaren is disqualifying them from the world championship but uh, from the constructors but not from the drivers. I mean, it's really – you sort of wonder how they come up with this or, you know, why, why sometimes it's, it's vastly different than other, other penalties. And basically I think McLaren wanted to push them on this and say, hey, these guys broke the rules. What are you going to do about it? You can't just do nothing because then that's just another level of inconsistency. So they really just want to push them to say, hey, tell us what are the boundaries, and this is clearly stated in the rules that the fuel can't be more than this many degrees uh, cooler than ambient temperature, and it w- they were found to be in breach of that, so what's the deal? Um, and, I, and although one of their lawyers, McLaren's lawyers, went out saying we want to win the championship because of this court case, you know this is this is what we're here for. That's ultimately wasn't their goal. They just wanted to sort of clarify everything and make it make it clear so you know they or anyone else wouldn't be penalized for this well, in the future.
0: And, and kind of to make a point that hey, this is not exactly fair and balanced, you know. And but I think to a sm- I mean, to a certain degree, they have to kind of keep in mind what's in the best interest of the sport, and that people can argue one way or the other if all their decisions have been best for the sport. But my point is that in this situation, had they decided that McLaren did win the championship in the courts, that would have been ugly. That would have been ugly in a lot of different ways. There would have been a lot of bad – Yeah, I think
1: that would have been more damaging to F1. Exactly. I mean, you know, which sort of goes in the face of, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. But there's been so much bad publicity (laughs) for Formula One (laughs) that I think it it does sort of turn the corner eventually – um, but getting back to the driver lineup, uh, Lewis Hamilton is definitely going to be at McLaren until. And who's the second driver going to be? We don't
0: know. We don't know. Alonso is out.
1: Yeah, Alonso. Uh, um, although he hasn't, there's not been nothing official regarding uh, Fernando Alonso. Um, all signs point to him ending up at Renault uh, for next year, and he's his dude. His contract, I was going to wait
0: till we got to Renault. To you know, I knew you were. <laughs> uh,
1: but, I'm uh, just kidding. But the only teams he could go to are Toyota or Renault at this point, because all the yeah. other teams, all the other blocks have started falling into place. Um, I mean, it's possible maybe, it you know, Force India or something like that, but that's <laughs> that's really not possible. A whole other can of beans. Yeah, that's a whole other class of Formula One. So it's pretty, pretty clear. Um, he is uh, clear of his contract at McLaren. McLaren and, and Alonso have sort of found some way to make the contract dissolve. Uh, without paying any penalties to each other or anything like that. So it really looks like uh, Fernando will make his way back to Renault. Um, possibilities for Hamilton's teammate uh, could be Heike Kovalainen from Renault, which would be an interesting little switch. Um, and they were, uh, Hamilton and, and Kovalainen were, you know, good mates going up through the series and uh, GP2 and uh, some of the other series uh, feeding into that and old karting and, uh, you know, even from, from way back, as far as I know.
0: Nelson PK Jr. is perhaps available. Yep.
1: And, um, we're not sure. I mean, unless they come out with someone, you know, totally out of the woodwork. You know, all the other uh, all the other drivers have pretty much been, you know, finding finding drives and everything. So uh, we'll have to see when the uh, McLaren announcement is finally made. But yeah, um, it's probably going to be another another young gun, unless for, something for, drastic happens.
0: For those who don't know, uh, Nelson Piquet Junior. is the son of Nelson Piquet, who won the World Championship in 1983. Uh, if anyone was curious,
1: I was curious. So thank you. You're welcome. Um so yeah, I mean next down the uh the roster, let's see, we've got did we cover BMW yet? I don't think we did. Nope, BMW
0: Sauber, where we have a confirmed driver lineup of Nick Heidfeld and Robert Kubica. Same as this year. Uh BMW basically say they're very, very happy with both
1: their drivers. They scored a lot of points. Be. Um BMW came in second in the World in the Constrictors Championship. They were 103 points behind Ferrari, but they were also fifty points ahead of Renault, so they have really solid second spot which would have been third if McLaren hadn't been penalized.
0: And all season long, we were saying they were the best of the rest. That is the best sans Ferrari and McLaren. And that is in no small part due to the effort of Nick Heidfeld and, and uh, Kubica. I mean, they, they both drove well. And I think, Sebastian Battles one point. For absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I think Robert needs to uh, be a little bit more controlled and behaved. He seemed a little bit on the erratic side, but... Uh, really, they both did quite well. Also. Yeah, Heidfeld's
1: been been real reliable. They've been they've been very good. So they uh, everything's still good there. At Renault, as we mentioned, um, it, it's very likely, although not yet confirmed, that Fernando Alonso will will be a Renault driver next year. Yes. Um, Fernando maintains that moving to McLaren for 2007 was the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Kovalainen is still very like. He could very well end up Renault at Renault again.
1: Yeah, it seems like Fisichella is on his way out. Um, I kind of hope that he is at this point. As do I. But um, nothing's really been confirmed there yet, so that's still sort of one of the other, uh, you know, un, unconfirmed uh, lineups. I, it wouldn't be surprising at all to see um, Fernando and
0: Heike Kovalainen. I think that'd be a pretty that, strong lineup. it would be a strong lineup. However, however, this could be interesting for Fernando because Kovalainen – although he hasn't shown quite the uh, impressive uh, package as Hamilton is Kovalainen could be all right i know uh Kovalainen could be uh, quicker than Alonso Kovalainen is a very fast driver the Renault is not as good the Renault was not as good in 2007 as it was in 05 and 06 by a huge margin by a huge yeah. margin and, and that's due in part to tire changes and driver changes and development time right. and everything but but by the second half of the season Kovalainen was showing up uh, Fisichella, just as well as Alonso showed up Fisichella back in the day. So that could be interesting.
1: Yeah, that certainly would be something to look out for, and we'll just have to see once Renault makes an announcement. Um, Williams-Toyota. Williams-Toyota, 33 points in the Constructors' Championship, so even them, uh, you know, almost 20 points back from Renault. Um, they were sort of on and off again this uh, in 2007, but... 8 oh eight.
0: We've got Nico Rosberg. Will be staying there again. Really strong driver. Second half of the season had a lot of really good results. He was in the he was in the final uh, you know Q three qualifying session almost every time. Second half of the season. Yeah, they had a fair number of car failures. Uh, they did
1: this year, which is too bad, and that obviously is, is frustrating for the driver because there's you know when he's going out there and giving it his all and the car just blows up underneath him. There's nothing else he can really do there, and it's it's unfortunate there,
0: but yeah, and I think Nico, Nico seems quite committed to that team too, which I think is is rare these days, but you know he he was saying that he sees Williams improving quite a bit again this year as they did last year, and uh you know, he, I think he's committed to the team, and I think the team's very ultimately lucky to have him.
1: Yeah, it, it's the first Formula One team he's driven for. He came in as a rookie last year and, um, shown right out of the box. He was just a really competitive driver. Um, he will be joined by Kazuki Nakajima, who actually drove in the Brazilian Grand Prix, um, you know, at the last race to yeah. uh, to get him in there. Alexander Wirtz um, did retire from racing. Although he's a really good test driver, and I think he's going to still be there as a, as a test driver. Um, for I don't know if it's for Williams or another team, but Alexander Verts will definitely be around because he's a really good, um, really good test driver, really good at engineering feedback. Just but, didn't uh,
0: quite have the aggression and the pace to keep the race ride, which is sad. He was he's a really good driver with a really good attitude, but. I mean, Williams did make the right decision. Nico was out-qualifying and outpacing him by a big margin.
1: And talking to Verts as well, um, in, in the interviews and stuff that I've read, it sounds like he's not like down about the fact that he's not a race driver. It's like you know, everyone, I think, wants to be a race driver and assumes a test driver is only a temporary thing. But Verts really seems like he's in his element as a test driver and doing that. And, and he, really, he doesn't seem bummed out about it, from what I can tell, as, as like it's a downgrading job. It's obviously a different job, and there's not as much glamour involved. But it's also a more predictable kind of thing, and you're not you know, subject to the same kind of stress and, and everything else of, of the race drive. So I think, I think uh, Alex wirtz will be, he'll be doing fine for himself. And uh, we'll have to see how Kaz Nakajima works out next year. Uh, he did a solid job at the, uh, in, in Brazil, and you know, we'll just have to see how that, how that pans out, how he fits into the team there.
0: Yeah, I really don't know much about Kaz Nakajima. He was a solid performer in GP2, and that's really about all I know about him. So it'll be interesting to watch him next year and, and see if he's got stuff. He's hoping to be uh, Japan's number one Formula One driver. Oh, please. Well. He's got some pretty, well, small shoes to fill, but in a big way, because <laughs> Takuma Sato is my boy. Yes, but,
1: um, you know, this the the we'll have to see how the Super Aguri car is next year, but, I mean,
0: certainly the Williams Toyota is generally fire, farther up the grid than Super Aguri. Yeah, but that's not fair, because Takuma Sato is a god. I mean, we that's we know that, right? So... How do you compare yourself to a god? Just because you're in a better car than God, that's not fair. You know, I, we'll have to sort that
1: out during 2008. So make sure and come back next year for our, our commentary on that. Please. Okay. So who's next? Toyota. Red, Red Bull. Renault. Oh, Red Bull. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Twenty-four points uh, back. So they're you know, just okay performance. I mean, compared to winning the constructors' championship outright last two years, um, really sort of a sad state to see Red Bull. Um, I mean, wait. I was Renault. Um no Red Bull Renault. Um yeah, twenty-four points, okay, mid pack. Yeah. The Renault whatever. with wings. <laughs> nice. You're welcome. It's team old <laughs> it's team old guy, man. Kate Coulthard and Mark Weber. I mean, Mark Weber's not even that old, but dude, Weber's like my age. That's not fair. <laughs> oh, whatever. Like, okay, Coulthard is old. Um They're no, gonna the
0: same drivers for next year. Yep, confirmed. And you know, they're both solid drivers. I think Weber's actually quite quick. He's kinda had bad luck. And Coulthard isn't bad, but he's not as quick as he used to be. Yeah. So um,
1: now Toyota? Toyota! 13 points, which is sort of too bad for as much money as being spent on uh, Formula One by Toyota yeah. to get How there. many, how many billions a point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, with, you know, rumored engine budgets of half a billion dollars or, you know, just 400 million or whatever it is. I mean, it's. It's,
0: yeah, a lot of money being thrown at that. Truthfully, a lot of that goes to beer. That's beer money. I mean, it's based in Cologne, Germany, so yeah, I mean, think that's a big part of the
1: problem. you got to imagine there's, there's a lot of beer going on there. Well, um, at least they've been you know not drinking too much beer. They have finally gotten rid of Ralph Schumacher.
0: Hooray! That'll be,
1: that'll be good to uh, get him out of there. And
0: it looks like it'll be Yarno Trulli and Timo Glock next year. Now, for those who do not remember or know, Timo Glock has been a Formula One driver in the past. He raced for Jordan. And last year, he actually went back to GP2 and raced in that series. He was one of only two paid drivers in the GP2 series, and he did win. He did go and win the GP2 championship. And he's kind of, you know, I, I can respect the fact that he's willing to go back a step and prove his worth once again and say, I really do deserve to be a Formula One driver. And who knows? I wish him luck for 2008. Yeah, he was also a test driver this year,
1: I think, for Williams, um, but... uh He's uh, going to Toyota for next year. Um, it's technically not confirmed. Actually, he was a, he was a test driver at BMW, um, but uh, the contract board reviewed his uh, his contract and said no. He's he's available to go work for Toyota as a race driver. Um, that hasn't yet been confirmed, but it seems all likely, likely. that uh, Timo Glock will end up at Toyota as a race driver. And we'll just have to see. I mean, it was a long time ago when he raced uh, with with Jordan. I remember that actually. I remember uh, seeing him in the car, but. Um, you know, we'll have to see how competitive he is this year, uh, next year, um, and how competitive the Toyota is as well. And it'd be a shame for him to, to come in there and find that the Toyota's not very good. So I really hope that they're getting the program together. And it sounds like they're doing a lot of work on the, on the, uh, the TF108, uh, Toyota's 08 Formula One car. Nice. Who's next? Honda? Scuderia Toro Rosso. Ooh! Got more points than Honda by two. Team Sebastian. Team Sebastian.
0: Team Sebastian. Wow, okay. Yeah. Sebastian
1: Vettel, who's still like 13 years old and German and pretty going bloody on fast. 14, though.
0: That's hot. He's, he's actually probably going to be 20, yeah. I think. I think he's 20. I think he's like 19 or he's 20. He's 19, but I'm sure he'll be 20 by the time he gets into the car in 2008. Followed by our boy, <laughs> Sebastian Bourdais.
1: Yeah, man. Champ car, world champion for the last four years now. Four
0: years in a row. Yes. Yes. He
1: has just... Yes. I mean...
0: Very good. He has just sorted
1: out Champ Car in a way that no one else has. and He was on the best team. Yeah, just, I guess you know it's sort of like, like Michael Schumacher's dominance in Formula 1 um, was Sebastian Bourdais' analogous there in, in Champ Car. I mean, just well, the yeah. right car, the right driver, the right moves, the right strategies, everything just worked out for him well, let, in a number let's, of ways. And he's just a brilliant driver.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not positive on the times here, but I'm pretty sure this is it. In 2001 or 2002... He was the Formula Three Thousand champion, and at the time, Formula Three Thousand was the uh, step below Formula One. That was the feeder series in Formula One. He had an Arrows ride lined up for Formula One the following years, following year. But Arrows went under. He then went to Champ Car. He tested for Newman Haas and got the ride at Newman Haas and Champ Car. His rookie season, he was very quick, but could not put together the championship. His sophomore season and since, he's won the Champ Car championship. And that's against Paul Tracy and some other very talented, very fast drivers. And uh, he's proven finally to Formula One that he is fast enough to go there. And I think it'll be interesting to watch him at Toro Rosso. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to him doing well. Yeah, I mean, so obviously Scott Speed's
1: been out since mid-team. Um, and Tonio Liuzzi is uh, possibly going to end up at the new Spiker team and all that. But, uh, yeah, it'll be Team Sebastian next year. And that, that'll be really interesting because... Um, you know, he's, there's been a lot of, you know, drivers switching around a little bit, a couple of drivers from Formula One going over to Champ Car as well, um, Scott Speed hasn't made that jump, although it's, it's
0: possible. There's a, Scott Speed is in NASCAR. There's actually, a lot of Red Bull
1: co-sponsorship and stuff going on. There were rumors about Champ Car, but, yeah, I guess he is making his way to NASCAR. He's trying to hang out with Juan Pablo Montoya, I And
0: guess. Dario Franchitti. And
1: Jack Villeneuve. Uh, Villeneuve doesn't oh, make his way up there. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, but uh, Robert Dornboss is a uh, Champ Car driver right now, um, and they call him Dornboss over here in the U.S. Neil Johnny,
0: but he wasn't in Formula One, but he was in Europe.
1: Uh, okay. So uh, that, that should be interesting to see. Uh, you know, how And other. Yeah, so let's see who's, who's next on down the, uh, the roster here.
0: Yeah, it is Honda next. Oh, okay. a whopping six points in 2007. Now, as we mentioned earlier, Honda has a new team principal.
1: Ross Braun, moving over from Ferrari, yes. has basically decided that winning is boring
0: and that he wants a challenge. Just like Barrichello. And I'm hoping just for the pure irony that the first thing he does is fires Barrichello.
1: Yeah, which would be great. Barrichello obviously was a Ferrari driver
0: for a number of years and um, wanted a new challenge, so he went to Honda, and he got a new challenge. And they got a challenge indeed. <laughs> the um, challenge was learning how to left foot brake for like a year and a half. <laughs> but once he sorted that out, he was okay. He was still not very good. Not that great.
1: Um, Jensen Button has said,
0: Ferrari, uh, has come out and Hello, say, Hello, Ferrari. Hey. Hi. Can uh, I come back?
1: Jensen has said, um, if the car doesn't get much better, he's out at Honda. I mean, it was a really frustrating season this year, and there's only so much of, yeah, it's still in development, we're still working on it, there's only so much of that you can go. As a driver, you really don't want to be in such an uncompetitive car, especially after winning a race and being competitive for a while, to have the car just be so bad this year was really unfortunate, so... Um, Jensen uh, is hoping that you know having the new team principal on will you know sort of energize things. He'll bring some good people with him, maybe not from Ferrari. But well, Horace harder...
0: Braun, as we said, is super sharp. Yeah.
1: So hopefully that will really turn things around at Honda and they'll be back to their championship-winning ways. I mean, you know, Honda was a really winning. I think one of the one of the most winningest, uh, most winningest. Wow, uh, one of the winningest engine producers for a long time in Formula One be- behind Ferrari and Cosworth. So yeah. Um, they're they're right up there, and they deserve to be doing better than they are. So hopefully Ross Braun can can bring them that.
0: And if anyone can, I think he's the one. So who is that bring us next to? You? Super girl. Well, real quick. Um, so oh. it'll be Jensen and
1: Rubens. Um, as far as we know, at, as Hunt drivers. Um, yeah, unless Ross Braun remembers working with Ruben Farquhar and decides he wants to fire him. After Honda. Super Aguri Honda! Ooh, Super Aguri! Four points. The they got four points in the uh, World Championship, which is
0: quite good for them. And um, all four points came from?
1: Our boy Takuma Sato!
0: Takuma Sato Taco! Yeah, Ta- Taco
1: Sato. Fair yeah. enough. Um, I, don't know, I don't think there's any driver changes there. Anthony Davidson uh, will be joining Takusato Taku for, uh for 2008. And I don't know how many of the developments from the new Honda car will find their way in the Super Aguri, but... Hopefully, For
0: Super sake, hopefully none.
1: Yeah, hopefully none of the 07 <laughs> Honda Bits make it onto the 08 Guri car, and uh, if they just stick, the, stick with the car they've got, they should be in good shape. Um, and last and least,
0: who do we have? The, the former Spiker the team. The team
1: formerly known as Spiker. Um, the
0: team formerly known as Jordan, formerly known as Midland F1, formerly known as Spiker.
1: As Minardi before that, yeah.
0: No, 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 Spiker was never Minardi. Oh, Started as Jordan. Toro Rosso was Minardi. Oh, that's right, yeah, that's STR. It's all right. Dang it. It's all good. I'm horrible at this. Jordan, Midland F1, who, Spiker, who used to work with Kevin Bacon, is now
1: Team Force India. Team Force India with Buck. Buck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, with uh, Sorry, what Vijay Mellia, I think the guy's name is. Um, it seems like there's a lot of money coming out of India in, into motorsport now. Um, we've seen you know Narain Kartikeyan, who was a, a driver uh, last year, an Indian driver, and there's another uh, big driver on the scene in GP2, and his name escapes me at the moment. Um, but, uh, they, they're building a track in, uh, New Delhi, um, for an Indian Grand Prix to be in like 2009 or 2010, which is going
0: to be sweet. Cause Indian girls are hot.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> they are. Have you ever yeah. seen them do their thing? And that's, and that's what, uh, what makes a formula one race great is when the local girls are hot. doesn't hurt. Yeah. Bosters girls. Fair enough. Thank you. Um, So, the driver lineup is still unconfirmed um, for them. Uh, Clean and Liuzzi actually have been testing for them. So, so some of the. Christian Clean. Christian Clean. And Antonio Liuzzi. Vit Antonio Liuzzi. Vit Antonio. Um, But they still have a couple other sort of shootouts going on to to figure out who's going to be in what teams there. Um, So, we don't know exactly, but um, that's. So, Spiker basically had a one year Jonathan Formula One, was like, wow, we're spending a lot of money. And not selling any more cars because they only sell like eight cars a year anyway. So yep. I don't know. It was kind of a big expensive marketing thing for them. Yep. Um, and there you have it. And then at the bottom of the pit row next year in the, over in the small uh, wanky garages will be McLaren. We've already talked about them. but Oops. Don't. We'll, we'll have to see if their motorhomes even fit down at
0: the uh, small end of the pits. Now, do you know how the Indian guy made his money? Like did he work a lot overtime at Dell customer service or something? You know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's just a little joke to, you know, lighten the mood. Okay, I found the quote from Michael
1: Schumacher, and as smart and as brilliant a driver as Michael Schumacher is, this quote is really not very helpful. Um, I will read from the article, this is from Autosport.com, Schumacher, who tested without driver aids, said testing without traction control was more enjoyable before the system was allowed back in 2001. Quote Michael Schumacher, It feels worse than when we last ran without traction control. It's not similar. It's worse. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, going on to say, because you have different engines compared to that time, then you had 10-cylinder engines, then you could change and play with the gears, and now you cannot. Okay.
0: And that's all he has to say about that. So, well, I'm going to stick to what I said about what I said. But have you, have still you ever driven a Formula to, One car? How, I, like I'm still world, deferring to Michael Schumacher. How many world championships have you won? Seven. Unless
1: it's eight. I don't think we can talk on well, this. Well, it's only seven. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Schumacher apparently surprised even himself. I was
0: the 2002 Great Lakes Sprint Series Rotax Max champion. I think I know a thing or two about traction control.
1: I think you do know a thing or two about traction control, to be honest. Isn't that your day job? It is. Okay. But uh, either way, I guess guess we'll see. It's not in Formula One cars, though. Yes,
0: and in non-Formula One racing news, however it is international racing news, Dario Franchitti, the 2007 Indianapolis 500 winner, the 2007 Indianap, uh, Indy, Race, Indy Racing League, sorry, don't say that often, Indy Racing League champion, the husband to Ashley Judd. We gotta throw that in there, man. Dude, go, go Dario, has jumped ship from the, from, uh, Team Andretti Green to Team Chip Ganassi, or team, you know, Target Ganassi team, but not in IndyCar. Dario Franchitti is going to be a Sprint Cup driver in 2008, driving for Chip Ganassi, and his teammate is going to be Juan Pablo Montoya. Ain't that something? Yeah, man. Former champ Yeah,
1: they're gonna be. Hey, haven't I seen you somewhere? You know. Um, real quick, mentioning um, Sprint Cup and which is this year called the Nextel Cup, the NASCAR American
0: Oval Racing Series. Oh yeah, Series. That's, that concluded today. Jimmy me?
1: Johnson was the uh, his repeat champion this year. Dang. He was the first driver to win consecutive titles since nineteen ninety seven and ninety eight. Um, the uh, that must
0: make him good.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, he, Did he run real hard? After after uh, last weekend in Texas where he uh, extended his lead to like 80-some points over uh, Jeff Gordon. And the NASCAR points scoring here is like bizarre. Didn't he like, have
0: like 60 trillion points totally or something? totally different.
1: If you're thinking anything – I'm has, pretty sure it's 60 anything trillion. Anything to do with Formula 1, it's totally, completely different. Because he Johnson, has 5,000
0: points, and if you win the, win the last race, that's 60 trillion points. <laughs> Isn't it something like that?
1: <laughs> I, I think you've got a couple of extra zeros on there. Um, really? Jimmy Johnson ends the NASCAR season with 6,572 points points wow yeah and Jeff Gordon only had 6,486
0: so that's why NASCAR drivers are so much better than F1 people don't realize that because how many points did Michael Schumacher score in his entire career he's probably got like a couple hundred you know come on it's not 6,000 nowhere near and that was just in one season
1: yeah so
0: so where did uh Jeffy Gordon end up Jeff Gordon second I mean he's right behind there he was that it's a Hendrick one too yeah
1: it was an it was an off uh it was an outside chance that Jeff Gordon would come back and win it I mean Jamie Johnson would have to have big problems um, if that were to happen, and Jimmy Johnson did not. So, what if
0: Jim, Jimmy Johnson had 99 problems, but a bitch once it won?
1: You know, then I think Martin Truex would have won. <laughs> I,
0: I need more Coke.
1: Uh, no, you don't. Um, just to uh, finish just a that a bit. I'm running low here. Juan Montoya finished 21st in the uh, in the Nextel Cup Championship. Um, how
0: the Formula 1 cars do.
1: Out of 69 drivers, though, so it's actually not bad. Um, Jacques Villeneuve um, was
0: 59th. Oh, I was going to say. I thought he was going to be 69th. No. Oh, that would have been a treat for me. No. so um, that's But about- his album's doing
1: great. Yeah, his country album, it's tops the charts, man. So I think that's about Don't all we have for you this my week. my
0: heart, my French-Canadian heart. It keeps on breaking on me. And that's how this show is going to end. <laughs> What's it on the boot? <laughs> Wow! Okay. All right, all right, all right. Sorry, no more fooling. So please just keep subscribed to the uh, to the podcast feed because
1: we'll, we can bring you these things off season uh, through the winter testing. If anything amazing happens, we will let you know about it.
0: Yeah, man, and we're we're forming the one to the to the bone, man. We we look at this stuff, you know, all year long.
1: We definitely do, and we're working on some improvements for our '08 uh, coverage, and we should have some some cool new stuff to look forward to. Although I'm not going to tell you what that is yet because it's super top secret. It's totally super top secret. And tell your friends, man. Yes, and thank you for listening. Please email us at feedback at f1show.com with any feedback, comments, or questions. And until who knows when, I'm Jim Lau. And I'm Robin Warner. See ya!